Welcome to The 100 Podcast. Zed and Charlie here with you. Hope you're well. Today, we're joined by Middlesex and Northern Superchargers wicketkeeper John Simpson. John, how you doing? Yeah, very well. Thanks, guys. Yeah, great to have you on, John. Great to have you on. Um, let's kick off by, I guess, turning the clock back to 2019, which feels really, really different now. <laughs> it's like such a different time. But of course, that was when the original 100 draft happened. John, I guess I have to ask you, what was that night like for you? Obviously, the draft's live on TV. It was such a huge event, I guess, in English cricket. What was it like for you watching that and, and getting picked up by Superchargers? Yeah, obviously, obviously, it was a great event. I was actually out in Cape Town, so I was actually at David Milan's wedding. So, um, I actually, to be fair, we, um, I think we were down in camp space, so I actually didn't see any of the um, any of the draft or anything like that. It was only when I got back to the hotel and then uh, my phone started pinging left, right, and centre. Um, that I'd been uh, picked up by the Northern Superchargers, which was uh, slightly surprising, but um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, very, uh, very happy to be picked up in the uh, in the uh, in the draft. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah a great end to that uh, that evening. Yeah, and fast forwarding to now, how have you found the hundreds this season? Because it's very much an unknown quantity as we are heading into it. What's it been like for you, kind of playing the first season? Look, it's it's. Uh, I think it's been a great. Um, you know, it's obviously very different. Um, you know, experience for us uh, going in there cold because obviously none of us really knew what. Uh, you know, a what the tactics were going to be, and and b what. Um, you know, what are good scores with the bat. Um, so we're all sort of uh, kind of trying to find. Uh, you know, trying to um, get get the, get the totals and uh, you know do do all the tactical elements sort of on the job essentially. Um, but no, it's 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 been a great uh, tournament so far. It's I'd probably say it's quite similar to 2020, uh, it, but without maybe that sort of lull between maybe eight to 12 overs. Um, so obviously that it you know it's a little bit more fast paced and uh, yeah. I guess the other thing would be sort of um, maybe the breaks are slightly too long. For, you know, the 50 second breaks in between are probably a fraction too long. Uh, whether they could cut them out and if they, especially if they want it more fast paced but um, I think as a tournament uh, you know it, it, as a whole I think it's been a, a great success you know it's been uh, you know obviously fantastic to sort of play in front of full full houses especially uh, at Headingley uh, and then obviously the other night against um, against uh, the London Spirit at Lords was a sellout and I think uh, I'm not sure whether the uh, the one down at the AGS Bowl against the Southern Braves was set up, but you know it's it's nice to see uh, crowds back. That's the um, you know I think that's been the the most uh, pleasing factor to see uh, you know fans back do, uh, you know watching live cricket and uh, you know we get to go out there and put on a, put on a show and and try and entertain them as best as we can. On the tactics standpoint, obviously you guys have gone through a couple of captains at this point. Ben Stokes, Faf was supposed to captain. Now it's obviously David Willey, hugely experienced cricketer. As the wicketkeeper, I guess you are involved in, in a lot of the sense in the kind of obviously the reviews, but also I guess the, the tactics and the flow of the game. How have you uh, as a team kind of approached it? Because it does feel like obviously with a guy like David Willey who swings the new ball, two fabulous spinners, Nadal, Rashid and Majiba Rahman, you're a team that can use these 10 ball overs and these new tricks quite cleverly. So how, how have you guys kind of got about that? What have the conversations been like? Yeah, look, I think with Sto- when Stokes was captain for those first two games, he's sort of his own man uh, and sort of has his own ideas. So uh, for me as, as keeper, it's just about, um, you, you know, just reminding him um, what the wicket's doing, uh, whether I think it could be 10 balls from David Willey who, with a new ball who's swinging it, or whether it's 10 from Majib, whether it's five five at one end, and then obviously the five at the uh, 
sort of the next set of the, uh, you know, the first five of the next 10. Um, so just sort of giving him ideas about that. And then obviously for me, it's, it's about, uh, you know, sort of patrolling the field and, and making sure uh, the fielding positions are in the, you know, the fielders are in the right positions. Uh, and yeah, I think then obviously having Dave come in, uh, Dave's been pretty chilled. Uh, he, again, he's his own, uh, he's his own man, but probably allows me a little bit more input than Stokesy has. But um yeah, in that sense, it's it's been quite nice. Um, you know, obviously at Middlesex, I'm sort of vice captain of the the 2020 team, so um, you know, sort of, it's been quite a, a similar position uh, with the Superchargers, where they've sort of allowed me to sort of get more involved and um, you know speak about tactics. Uh, like I said, you know, or like you mentioned, having Majib and uh, Adil in the middle, um, you know, it's when we use them or whether we think. You know, for example, uh, if you look at a lot of the other teams, they've sort of used uh, spinners early against uh, Adam Lyth and, and Chris Lynn, whereas we've used more seam, whereas we've used more David Willey, uh, Matthew Potts and Bryden Cass. Then we wanted to, uh, you know, have Majib and Adil in that middle section where we squeeze and squeeze. And, you know, I think the last sort of four or five games, um, you know, through that middle period, I think we've probably been the best out of everybody, um, you know, in terms of taking wickets and, uh, creating dock balls and limiting runs. So, um, you know, they're two world-class spinners. Um, you know, and as, as you said, it's just working out how best to use them and, and, and again, working out who our best matchup uh, will against will be against a different batter. Um, you know, obviously with uh, whether it's obviously we're using hybrid pitches, um, you know, that have been used as well. So, you know, obviously in a fresh wicket, it's it, it's slightly different whether the ball's swinging or you want to use your quicker guys uh, or obviously you know if 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 it's second sort of essentially the fourth game played on the hybrid pitches uh, it's whether you you put you use someone like Majib for one uh, five balls in the power play or save him for that middle period uh, and then, and then just sort of using the other seamers intermittently uh, I think especially you know as sort of Majib and uh, Dill um, you know you don't want him to just get the same get a read on uh, both of them. Um, throughout that sort of middle period. So just mixing up with a five ball uh, set from a seamer here and there. But yeah, I think the tactics have been quite interesting. Uh, I think sort of all, all teams have got pretty good spinners. So, uh, but it looks like uh, certain teams are doing it a diff slightly different way uh, against us, whereas we sort of got a sort of tried and tested sort of gen plan uh, against most teams. Yeah, it's interesting here you talk about spinners. Obviously, in Rashid and Mujib, you have two world-class spinners who can spin the ball both ways. As a keeper, what's it like standing up to those guys? Yeah, look, it's it's, it's obviously challenging. I think that it's also exciting as well. Um, you know, obviously, having Mujib at Middlesex, I should know him like the back of my hand, but every now and then he might he might fool me. Um, and then obviously, Adil, I played a lot of cricket uh, with and against him um, through sort of junior cricket when he was at Yorkshire, obviously going through the age groups at Yorkshire, north of England, and then playing England 15, England 15, 17s and 19s with him when I was at Lancashire. So, um, you know, sort of it's, it's been really great to sort of have those two. And, 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 you know, for me, um, you know, we, at Middlesex, we probably don't really have any rec uh, proper recognized spinner since Ollie Rain left. So, um, you know, for me, it's been such a, a delight to actually have both of them, uh, you know, where I can sort of t A, test my skills and uh, also sort of, uh, you know, really create that sort of Jack Russell sort of um, sort of feeling and around the batsman where, uh, you know, you're sort of trying to squeeze through that middle period of, of um, you know, of the game. So, you know, for me, I mean, I've got the best seat in the house.
Yeah, and obviously uh, Darren Lehman is your coach, got a lot of experience, won the IPL in the second season back with the Deccan Chargers and obviously loads of international experience as well. What's it like uh, kind of having him as coach and working with him? I don't think you've worked with him before. No, I haven't worked with uh, with Darren at all. So, um, you know, so my, my initial impressions of him have been really good. Um, you know, he communicates really well. Um, you know, he's, he sort of explains my role game to game or what he what he wants me to do game to game, which is really nice. Um, but he's been brilliant. Um, you know, he's, he's thrown me a lot of balls, <laughs> which is always handy. Uh, and, you know, he's obviously a, a fantastic left-hand batsman. So, you know, he's a great sort of, um, you know, fold for me to sort of lean on, um, you know, especially through that, that sort of middle middle period, um, you know, because he's got plenty of experience. Uh, you know, playing playing the games. So, you know, for me, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant. And then, you know, it's not just him. Obviously, you've got Andrew Gale as, as uh, you know, the batting coach as well. So, you know, and, and he's, you know, even though he's a bit more top of the order than I am, you know, he's, he's got a hell of a lot of experience. And then, obviously, having uh, Faf around, even though he's not playing, he's been brilliant just to talk through, um, you know, different situations or, uh, like, I mean, like this, to, uh, this morning in the session, I just asked him if he'd seen anything, Um you know, or any any bits that he feels that I need to work on. So, you know, it's been great to sort of bounce ideas off off these guys and and, and really sort of uh, you know use their experiences. Um, you know that I probably haven't had. You know, because obviously this is my first um, real tournament uh, franchise tournament. So, you know, I've not had the um, the opportunity to work with all these different uh, you know all these world class coaches and, and players. You know, even though uh, Middlesex has obviously had De Villiers and. You know, Gilchrist, you know, they're obviously absolutely brilliant. But, um, you know, to spend sort of three, four weeks with these guys, um, you know, it's only going to stand me in good stead. Yeah, I want to ask about Faf, actually, because I felt like you had dealt a pretty rough set of cards because not only did you lose Aaron Finch from the original draft, but then you replaced him with Faf and now he's missing out all the games. How much of a presence has he been from the sidelines? Obviously, you mentioned there, you know, he's a good set of eyes. But in terms of leadership qualities, what's he been like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously disappointed, um, you know, not to have him in, involved in the tournament, um, you know, obviously with his concussion. Um, but it's it's one of those really slow processes at the minute, um, you know, where he's, he just keeps getting headaches every now and then. So, you know, he's he's taken on the, the role of, um, you know, just for, on the sidelines, sort of sending a few ideas out or, um, you know, to, communicating one-to-one whether it would be with the bowling group or with the batting group about a few bits and pieces so he's been absolutely brilliant and as you say you know he's got a hell of a lot of experience not only you know as a batsman uh but obviously as we as we mentioned earlier you know as a captain so um you know he's been absolutely brilliant um around the group he's like i said he's taken on that sort of um elder statesman senior senior uh, senior figure where he's you know he's just sort of talking to individuals all the time always reminding them about you know sort of playing that positive aggressive brand of cricket that I think uh Buff wants us to play so which has been you know which has probably been uh you know highlighted but um you know at times we've you know probably not been smart enough uh which then um you know which has probably cost us uh in a couple of games but again like um you know fast been really good like I said it's, it's been great to sort of spend you know two or three weeks in, in his pocket sort of always trying to pick different ideas about um, you know about batting about captaincy as well and um, you know that's one of my potential ambitions at Middlesex is to to captain the side and um, so yeah it's, it, he's been absolutely brilliant for not only me but everybody in the squad Obviously with the 100 we've had so much entertainment this year and the Superchargers have been fantastic to watch across the season and I think for both of us 
in terms of one of the kind of, I, I guess, one of the the best moments, the most entertaining moments of the tournament was your match-winning six against the Invincibles. Is death hitting something that you've been working hard on with the squad and with yourself? And how do you kind of keep your composure in such a high-pressure situation when against one of the best bowlers in the country and Tom Curran? <laughs> yeah, is um, yeah, it was obviously nice to finish that game off with a with a six, but. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely something that I've I've always been working on. You know, it's sort of um, it's it's always been it's something that I've been able to do. But uh, you know, everybody sort of looks at me as this slight, slight, uh, slight lad. Um, but yeah, I've always been a pretty natural timer of the cricket ball. So um, you know, for me, it's always something that I've always looked to practice. Um, you know, uh, Middlesex. You know, just have whether that's on a bowling machine or whether that's just getting somebody to throw throw balls at me. Um, you know, which we've been very lucky to have here. Uh, I mean, we've been doing quite a lot of range hitting at Headingley, um, so it's actually given us a really good insight of of um, you know how you know how clean we need to hit it to clear certain parts of the ground and different you know especially with the different dimensions that we're going to have. Obviously, hitting downhill towards the sort of rugby ground and uphill uh, up towards the pavilion. So. Um, you know, it's obviously always a work in progress and, you know, I think it's, you know, every player wants to be, uh, you know, become better at and more consistent at. So, you know, that's something that I've always, always tried to do. Um, but obviously with my game being more suited to sort of, well, when I say sort of more suited, it's just the, the nature of the beast where, you know, where I'm batting those middle orders and in the middle order and, you know, having someone like Dane Villas come in, um, you know, we, we have pretty similar games in, in a sense that we, you know, we run hard, we manip- try to manipulate fields and, and try and, uh, you know, minimize the dots. And, um, but, you know, one thing that I've always prided myself on is to be able to clear the boundaries. So, you know, when it comes to those high pressure moments, you know, for me, it was just, you know, I've been there and I've done it for Middlesex. You know, you take those experiences that, that I've had when I've done it for middle, when you know, I've won games for Middlesex, uh, and and you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's no different. You know, I think I've been very fortunate, you know, to play in front of full houses at Lords. So, um, you know, when you play in front of twenty-eight to thirty thousand, uh, most games in in twenty twenty, um, you know, it's still this, it's just a white ball uh, coming down at the end of the day. It's just about execution. So, you know, as I said, you know, I I was pretty experienced, and and for me, you know, when um, you know, obviously coming back down to those last five balls, it was just about trying to maintain a clear clear mindset watch the ball and and just back my skill um you know and unfortunately it came off for me um although the celebration i've got no idea where that came from that's so so uh so completely not me but um you know i think because headingley was absolutely bouncing it just sort of brought that out but i've got no idea where it came from but uh i'm sure he got a few laughs, <laughs> yeah it was one of the moments of the season for us i think it was just such a Good shot, and it really was a, a moment. Um, it's interesting here you talk about, I guess, hitting at the death and being able to finish off an innings because if you look at a lot of the big gun batsmen in this tournament, I mean, well, cricket in general, particularly in the short form, a lot of them are openers or they want about, you know, top three. Do you think that being able to be such a good finisher of the game gives you a bit of an advantage in terms of maybe getting franchise gigs and stuff like that? Because it is a very specialised role. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we all want to bat in that top three, where you know the new ball is obviously the best place um, to bat, um, and you know, it gives you the best opportunities to to cash in, especially only having two guys out, you know, in either the first twenty-five balls or the first you know five uh, six overs in the power play in twenty twenty. So you know, everybody wants that position, and I probably uh, you know batted my best for Middlesex, probably number three. But you know, in in that team, we've got obviously a lot of you know when looking back 
probably four or five years when we had Sterling, Milan, Morgan, De Villiers, you know, or somebody else in there, that was never really going to be my niche. So, you know, one thing I've always sort of prided myself on is to be, you know, if, if I'm not going to be in that top four or five, then I have to become a finisher of the game and, and using, using my, uh, you know, my experience and, uh, and, and using my head and, and being calm under pressure. I think uh, it, it really is quite a niche. You know, there's, you know, obviously Michael Bevan was sort of one of those guys I used to watch a lot of, um, you know, even though he, he almost sort of felt like he was taking the mickey out of teams because he always felt like, you know, I'll just take it as deep as I can and then I'll just win the game with two, three balls left when he probably could have won it probably 10 balls earlier. Um, but yeah, I mean, watching those guys, obviously Morgs, um, you know, has obviously been a great finisher for England. So just like I said, you know, I think in terms of franchise cricket, it, it really is a niche and, um, you know, I think if, if um, I can continue to, um, you know, win games of cricket for the Sib Chargers and Middlesex, hopefully that'll stand me in, you know, a good position to get involved in the franchise uh, cricket. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, as I said, it, it's one of those niches. It's one of those, um, you know, positions that I enjoy. And, and you know, I, I don't think there's any better feeling than actually being there at the end, having got your team over the line. Yeah, it must feel great. Actually, I want to ask you one thing you mentioned there, which is quite interesting about Michael Bevan taking it deep. In this tournament, we've seen, I guess, two different approaches to chasing. One approach, I guess, is a taking it deep approach that I think the Trent Rockets have done quite well. Uh, the other approach is the Birmingham Phoenix approach, which is to just go hell for leather from ball one and just try and get some dashes up top of the order and really finish it off as early as possible. What kind of school are you from? Where do you see your role as a chaser? I, I, th I think it just depends on the wicket because, um, you know... I look at that Trent Rockets game. And I thought actually we were in the, you know, we I think we got 135. So I actually thought we were in the game big time. Um, you know, it was a, the wicket spun. It 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 was a little bit stoppy, and you know, to have them seven eight down for for 90, um, you know, and for them to come back and win that game was uh, you know it was hugely disappointing for us. But you know, for me, batting in that situation in the first innings was taking it as deep as I could. Um, you know. And trying to get, uh, you know, being there for those last five five balls and, and try and maximise those out. Obviously, I got out with a with the first ball of, of, of that last five, but you know, sometimes it doesn't come off. But um, yeah, you know, I guess for me, it's you know, it's it's working out the situation, working out the wick, what the wicket's like. If the wicket's good, then for me, it's just take taking every ball on, uh, but being smart with it. And then obviously, if the wicket is spinning and you know not quite as good as we think, is is then taking it probably a little bit deeper, but, um, you know, still looking to, you know, get that, the game finished ideally before the last five balls. But, um, you know, sometimes you have to, um, you know, accept that the game, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to, you might end up going down to the last two or three balls. And I think you've seen throughout this tournament, you know, the actual, uh, the standard's been fantastic, but also I think the, um, the finishes, you know, to games have been really good as well, haven't they? There's been a lot of tight games, um, you know, where teams have either won, um, you know, off the last two or three balls or, um, you know, they've managed to pick up a couple of late wickets to, to win the game. So, uh, but as I said, for me, you know, it's just, it's, it's all deter determines obviously on the wicket, um, you know, because, you know, the better the wicket, the highest the score is generally going to be. So, you know, you sort of know when I come in what the, the run rate's going to be or, um, you know, what, how many boundaries we, we might need. You know, for me, I always try and work out how many boundaries I'm probably going to need in 20, you know, 10 or 15 balls, however I'm going to face. So, uh, and then just working out from there.
Yeah, and you mentioned the standard of the competition in the 100. It seems really, really high. I guess what must be quite cool for you playing for the Superchargers, I know you obviously played Lancashire and you came through, I guess, the same time as some of those guys in that team, but there's a lot of young talent in that squad that you've probably never played against or with before, obviously, because you're in the Southern group and a lot of those lads are in the Northern group, one of those being Harry Brook. I, I can't imagine you've really come across him too much before. So obviously he's had a fantastic tournament. What's it been like kind of seeing him play and how impressed have you been with him? this season yeah i think that's i mean i'm in quite an unusual position where i'm literally the only person from the southern group you know i i see obviously a lot of the guys obviously all the guys from the southern groups uh, but i've never you know i mean i played a four-day game against bryden cast and callum parkinson uh other than that um you know i played a little bit against david willie and then obviously majib and uh adil uh, and, and lady I've, I've sort of played some cricket with and again quite a bit of cricket with and against so you know it, it's it's been really nice for me to sort of get away from Middlesex or get away from the south and, and come up north because as you said I've, I've not seen much of you know you sort of Matt Fisher your Harry Brook your Jordan Thompson's you know your Matthew Potts Bride and Cast for example um, so it's actually been really nice to sort of see how they go about it and uh, you know I've been really impressed that, you know with the way that they've gone about it uh, and you know I think we've probably got one of the most talent probably the most talented squads on um, you know, in the, in the hundred, uh, when you look at you know the age groups and uh, uh, sort of the ages of the guys and you know how talented they are, uh, and you, know, you have to look at some like Harry Brook, who I'd never seen play. I'd obviously I'm pretty close to David Milan, and uh, David sort of said to me, "This kid's going to be something special," and you know that's that's high praise coming from David. So you know when uh, you know, obviously I was excited to come up and see just how good he was, and then you know you watch that. DNNs he played against the Welsh Fire and then uh, you know the way well most of the tournament he's played unbelievably well and you know you watch him go about things he, he does things that probably most kids his age can't do you know he's a he's a, he's a deceptively strong boy unbelievably uh, unbelievable climb over the cricket ball uh, you know he's got all the shots in the book so I think I guess his biggest challenge is um, you know deciding when uh, when to use these shots, uh, which, you know, definitely comes with experience, but, you know, having seen him playing the nets, uh, I don't think he can, you know, he, I don't think there's anything he can't do. He's uh, an extremely talented kid. And, you know, if he carries on the way he's going, I think uh, it'll be in, it'll be in that England squad sooner rather than later. And he bowls some uh, phantom Chris Harris's as well. He's bowling like fast leg cutters at me. And I was like, what are they off the wrong foot? And I was thinking, what are these? I don't need to be facing too many of these. <laughs> yeah, I think it is a matter of time before Harry Brook plays for England. It's probably a case of when, not if, with him. But talking about England, I mean, what was it like for you getting the call up to play in that series against Pakistan? That must have been such an incredible time for you. Yeah, it was sort of, yeah, it was sort of a whirlwind sort of last five or six weeks. Um, obviously something that, you know, I was, um, if I'm being brutally honest, I thought my England chances uh, had completely gone. Um, so to get a call up was obviously, you know, hugely delighted and, uh, you know, um, you know, ended up playing three games against Pakistan and um, playing in that uh, clean sweep of a, a series was, uh, you know, an incredible experience and, you know, one that I'll, uh, you know, cherish for the rest of my life. Um yeah, no, it was, uh, as I said, it was an incredible experience, um, you know, you know, from sort of um, that phone call I got at half eight when I was, I was doing my COVID test, <laughs> um, which was, uh, you know, to then getting that call, I, you know, when I was at Cheltenham, you know, I, I almost thought it was a bit of a, a piss take. I was like, are you sure you, are you sure you actually need me? But, uh, but yeah, like I said, it, it was an incredible experience and, uh, you know, 
uh, you know, probably one at, at 33, that, well, at 32 at the time, I, I probably wasn't expecting. Um, but yeah, just to be involved was uh, incredible. And, you know, for me now, it's sort of probably giving me that kick up the backside now and say, like, I, I'm in, in the mix amongst, you know, some really good players and in the mix for the, uh, you know, for, for playing for England. So for me now, it's, but as I said, giving that kick up the backside to keep working hard, keep trying to perform well for Middlesex and, who knows what can happen? Um, you know that's in, uh, you know that's been sort of the mantra because uh, you know that's one thing that I wasn't expecting. I probably could have named you 100, 150 things that I could have done before making my debut for England, and uh, you know that wasn't one of them. Absolutely, I mean, it, obviously you're a fantastic county player, but it must be tough getting stuck behind the likes of Johnny Bairstow, Joss Butler, Ben Folks, because there are so many incredible glove men in England and. Kind of wondering now you've made your England debut. What are the kind of next steps in your mind? What are you kind of looking to achieve with, for the rest of your career? You're looking for kind of franchise gigs. You want to keep pushing for the national team. What's your kind of mindset going forward? Yeah, I think as you, as you mentioned, there's you know there's been some you know we've got some incredible uh, wicketkeeper batsmen in this country. You know you, you know your Josh Butler's, your Johnny Bairstow's, Billings, Banton. Uh, you know folks here. It's obviously Surrey. Um, you know you, you've got a hell of a lot of uh, talent, especially in that wicketkeeping department. So, you know, it's you know for me, I think it's just um, you know going back to Middlesex and and, and using my experiences uh, that I have now because obviously we've not had the had the greatest of season. If you hadn't have noticed when you, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think for me, just using my experiences and and going back to Middlesex and, and trying to get us, you know, trying to finish the season well. You know, if I do get some franchise cricket this, this winter, that's great, but. If I don't, you know, for me, it's it's about, you know, going there, work hard over the winter and, and try and start the season well uh, with, with Middlesex, try and win some games of cricket for them. Um, you know, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's about trying to perform well for Middlesex, get as many runs as I can, keep keeping as well as I can. And hopefully that'll, uh, you know, get me in the mix. But um, as you said, it's, it's it's been a bit of a whirlwind sort of last six weeks, but, um, you know, one that I'm extremely proud of. Yeah, well, it's been fantastic watching you, John. Best of luck for the rest of the tournament. And thank you so much for joining us. Cheers, Ed. Cheers, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast 100. We've got loads of clips there, loads of different stuff going on. So make sure to follow us there. And please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to know what you think and uh, it would really help us out. So thank you very much for listening to the 100 podcast and we'll speak to you next time. 